Well, hello there, top teachers. We are your hosts, Michelle Foray and Bridget Spackman, and we're here to make your life easier by helping you master your time, organization, and productivity as a teacher. Look, everyone, this is going to be a very casual episode. We know that COVID-19 has thrown us all for a loop. Many of us didn't see this coming or at least didn't see it coming quite this extreme. And we've all been very thrown off by the mandated stay at home orders and having to stay in quarantine. And we have these brand new responsibilities with online teaching, and we're trying to establish a work-life balance with our families at home. So in today's episode, we are going to discuss our personal struggles and victories throughout this experience. So the things that we've actually done really well with and that have been helpful for us, but then also the things that have not been so helpful. Oh, man, this is going to be a really good episode because I have a lot to say. (laughs) So before we move on, I want to go ahead and share a TSH from Meredith. My TSH this week is finding and uploading all the different websites, assignments to Google Classroom for distance learning. My county is giving us math and reading, but there is much more than putting a link to a video. I have to make discussion questions, upload exit tickets, and organize each week's Google Classroom with the day each assignment should be completed. Girl, we totally feel you. And I think that that has definitely been a struggle for so many people out there as we've really been working to navigate distance learning and really support our students the best way possible. Yeah, I agree. This has definitely been a struggle for so many teachers, Bridget and myself included. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into this episode. I feel like when this whole thing first started happening, correct me if I'm wrong, Bridget, we initially closed for two weeks, both Bridget's schools and mine schools, like they both closed for two weeks. And Bridget and I talked on the phone. I remember I had just left school, gone to the gym when we knew that we were closing for two weeks and I called Bridget. Now at this point, my schools had closed for two weeks, but Bridget's had not. And she was like, what? Like, this is so unfair because we were seeing this two week period of time as a chance to really step back from everything going on. I mean, look, Bridget and I love teaching, okay? It's our favorite thing. But the reality is it is an exhausting profession and eventually you just need a break. We had not had spring break yet. Like we were both exhausted. So we saw this as a chance to step back from teaching. We both were in grad school. So we're like, all right, this is a chance to really work on grad school and get ahead in things. I saw it as a chance to catch up on some shows. I had a list of all these Netflix shows that I wanted to watch, but I didn't have time to watch them. And then I know Bridget saw it as a chance to really get closer to our family. But then it quickly turned into this harsh reality when we realized uh, we're not going back to school this year. And I think that hit both of us really hard. It's it's just something we didn't actually expect to happen. And the longer these stay-at-home orders went on, the more struggles we started experiencing. So we're going to actually start with the struggles and the things that we have found really difficult during this time. So Bridget, what has been one of your struggles? Yeah. You know, it's funny, Michelle, because I, I remember that whole conversation, that entire time where we were like, oh my gosh, this is going to be so cool because I remember like if you guys don't follow me, I was incredibly sick for Christmas break. Like I was so crazy sick for Christmas. I had the worst cold ever and I was not functioning. We had flown all the way to Las Vegas. So in my head, I was like, oh, it's only going to be two weeks and it's going to be like the Christmas that I never got to experience. So 
I was looking like I literally was joking with my teaching partner and saying, I'm going to put my Christmas tree back up and I'm just going to have Christmas all over again. (laughs) And then it just was like, whoa, wait, this is like actually continuing and it's not going to stop. So that's when I think it became kind of scary. You know, like I had a lot of anxiety that was going on behind it. Like I didn't want to leave my house. I was afraid to leave my house. And it was a lot of really mixed emotions. But you know, I think as we've been all kind of been going through this, we definitely all have our own individual struggles. And I would have to say, you know, when I first jumped into this entire process, guys, I was like, you know what? This is going to be so easy for me. I flat out, I think, Michelle, did I not tell you that? Oh, this is going to be easy for me. Oh, yeah. Because you mentioned how your school, when you would have snow days, you would do these virtual online school days already. Right. And so we have Schoology, Learner Management System, that we, it's like a blackboard, if you kind of want to think of it like a blackboard. We literally post all of our kids' assignments. Everything that we do in class is through Schoology. So my kids always have their one-to-one devices. And so in my head, I was like, oh, this is going to be easy. My kids know Schoology. We're going to continue doing everything the same way we've been doing it. Nothing is going to change except I'm going to post my instruction with videos. Everything's going to go great. Oh my goodness. I... I cannot believe how hard this has been. It has been incredibly challenging. And I have to tell you, one of the number one reasons this has been such a hard experience for me to the point I've been crying constantly. Y'all might see me super happy on Instagram, but I cry a lot. You can ask my husband. It's because of parents. It is absolutely because of parents. Now, do not get me wrong. I love my parents. I love my families. We have had three years of an experience with with most of them, all right? Because our kids stay with us for three years on the MAC team. So my fourth graders, it's my first year with them. My fifth graders, I've had those families for now two years. My sixth graders, I've had them for three years. And I have to tell you, it wasn't, well, no, it was. I had one to two families that were were really challenging for me that are my fourth grade families. And then I had a handful of sixth grade families. They literally made this incredibly hard for me. It was to the point where it was constant emails and this isn't good enough or what are they supposed to be doing for this? And I'm like, I cannot teach and do my job from where I am. This is too hard. And in my head, I so I guess it's kind of a combination of things. I think it's families and then it was just the the challenges of remote learning and not being able to do Zoom calls with my kids because it was that feeling of, I can't do this. Like I literally just need to talk to them. I need to just show them. But how do I do it when my kids are not reading the directions correctly? And now my parents are thinking that, that this is all my fault because they're frustrated and I totally get it. I totally get it. I am frustrated with my own children because I had kids all up. My two kids were all over and making sure that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. But I'm also still trying to do my full time job. It was a lot. And I cried constantly, constantly. I'm happy that you are willing to be vulnerable and share that, Bridget, because I think that's something that so many teachers can relate to. And you mentioned 
feeling frustrated and how the parents are feeling frustrated, I think the reality is during this time, we are literally all feeling frustrated. And as a result, we're kind of taking it out on each other, but then we're made to feel like we're doing something wrong. And obviously that's not a good feeling. Yeah. I mean, it was to the point, Michelle and guys, I, and please, I love every single one of my families. I do not want you to think that I don't. I really, really do. I would do anything for them. So I called one day. I had a mom literally cuss me out over the phone. She literally cussed me out over the phone. I, I just, it, it was, and I get it. It's because she has four kids at home. She's trying to make sure everybody's doing what they're doing. The kids are frustrated. I understand, but at the same time, you have to understand that this is not where I want to be. Okay. So if you're a parent listening to this, please know teachers do not want this. <laughs> we did not want sign up to be doing distance learning. We signed up to teach kids in person. And for her to just let it out on me, I'm sure it was not something that she wanted to intentionally do. It was just the built up frustration. And I was the tar- you know, I was the person that was on the phone with her at that time. So I just, it, it has been a very, very challenging piece because I have also families who are very comfortable with me. And so they're very willing to kind of share a lot of things with me and they forget that I'm still the professional. I'm still the teacher. And so I think there's a lot of kind of mixed emotions that kind of go in there. So that's going to be my, my very first frustration, <laughs> my struggle for this year. So Michelle, what about you? What's one for you? All right. So mine has definitely been missing all of the fun end of the year activities. I know personally, I really look forward to the end of the year because it's a chance to celebrate with my students, all of their hard work over the year, how we've become a family. And it's just a great way to end the year. But obviously this year, that's not really a possibility. And it's been tough looking back on some of the old activities I used to do. For example, my math bakery. I typically would do that Mm -hmm. in about the month of April. And I would transform my classroom into a bakery. And it was a chance for my students to apply their knowledge of multiplying a whole number by a fraction. And the thing is, I have done this every year that I have taught fourth grade. And so when my students go on to fifth grade, they end up telling the fourth graders, oh, Miss Frey does this math bakery. And it broke my heart that my students this year did not get to experience that. In fact, one of my fourth graders actually lives next door to a student I taught two years ago who's now in sixth grade. And they were telling that fourth grader like, oh, you're going to miss math bakery and you're going to miss this and you're going to miss that. And I was just like, oh, like I feel so bad. And instead of sitting here and dwelling on it, because I could, I could become very upset over all of these things that I'm missing, like the math bakery like the ice cream social that we typically do as a fourth grade team, like the homeroom games where each homeroom dresses up in a color and we do these like competitions at the end of the year and keep score. Like it's so much fun. Instead of dwelling on that, I realized, you know what? I just have to find a way to make it work. That's the reality. So I have been doing some brainstorming (laughs) for some fun end of the year activities. And I realized most things we would do in the classroom, we could make it into a virtual activity for our students. So I'm going to give you all just one example. And Bridget, I haven't even told you this yet. (laughs) and I'm so excited. So the other day, Bridget and I (laughs) were talking on the phone. I was going for my daily walk and I had made a list of 
all of these things that I had to tell Bridget. And one of the bullets I had left blank because I had gotten distracted when I was making the list. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do remember that. So this is it. <laughs> this, this is, is it. the thing that you really wanted to tell me. Okay, I'm very, very excited. Go. Yes. Okay. So I've always done an award ceremony with my students where I give them an award, something that like fits their personality at the end of the school year. Now, in the past two years, I've done Bitmoji awards. So it would have a little Bitmoji of me that went with the award. For example, the Pizza My Heart Award, and it would have me as like a piece of pizza with my Bitmoji. Okay. I've done that for two years and I've loved it. (laughs) But thankfully, one of my teammates had a good idea and she said, oh, I have these like candy awards. So basically each candy corresponds with the award. For example, the Three Musketeers Award, it goes to three students who are like inseparable and are best friends. And we decided we would do these awards and we would actually give them the certificate with the candy as part of their end of the year gift because we're going to drive to all of our students' houses and deliver these gifts. Well, When we decided this, we looked at dates and we decided on June 12th because that's our last Friday of the school year. Our actual last day is June 18th, but that's a Thursday. So we said, all right, let's do Friday, June 12th. And we've been having these virtual spirit days like as a school. And Friday, June 12th is Fun Friday, which is basically like a wacky Wednesday where you dress up in like crazy clothes. And all of a sudden it hit me. Do you know where this is going? I think so. Okay, well, I'm just going to share because I'm so excited. So I decided (laughs) if I'm giving out these candy awards and it's fun Friday, I have to dress up crazy. I'm going to dress up like Willy Wonka. Oh, my gosh. That is so much better than what I was thinking. I'm like, this girl better not dress up like a stinking candy bar. Oh, no, that would be lame. No, I'm going to dress up like Willy Wonka. In fact, I'm sitting here on my couch right now looking at a pile of Amazon boxes that arrived last night that I need to open up. And they're literally my Willy Wonka costume. So I went... (laughs) I'm just so happy with myself. Okay, really fun thing, really quick. I feel like everybody needs to know this about you is that Michelle is the notorious for not opening her Amazon boxes, like notorious. She will let them sit and sit and sit. And I would have had that stuff open last night and I would have been taking pictures and sending them to her. (laughs) Well, okay, yes, that is very true. I am horrible with opening Amazon boxes. But in my defense, Billy and I had traveled yesterday to go visit his mom and then my parents and we didn't get home until like 10 30 and so it was kind of late and I was exhausted so yes I did not open them up yet but I will send you pictures later I promise so I basically went on Amazon I got myself this vest that is like a purple paisley kind of floral because that's what like Willy Wonka wears I got myself a purple blazer I got myself white gloves and like a walking stick because Willy Wonka has a walking stick I got a yellow bow tie and I got a hat and literally like it is going to look so legit. I'm so excited for it. And I decided, you know, when I'm presenting to my students, I'm going to dress up in Willy Wonka. I'm going to try to make some like candy, like fake candy using like paper plates and stuff. Cause you can take a paper plate and like draw on it to make it look like yeah. a circle candy. And I'm going to put them up on the wall and I'm going to present the class candy awards as Willy Wonka. And oh, oh, here's the other thing. I didn't tell you this either. So I'm also going to mail my students a golden ticket as their invitation to the awards. I'm literally so excited. Literally, she's been waiting her whole life for this. I am not even joking, guys. 
Well, it's great because then next year in the classroom, I think instead of doing Bitmoji Awards, I'm going to dress up like Willy Wonka and I'm going to do the Candy Awards. Now, obviously right it. now <laughs> we are talking about the struggles and it doesn't seem like I'm talking about the struggles because I'm no, so No, I was about to say, I was a real Debbie Downer in my <laughs> struggle and you're over here like Miss Happy Mary Poppins. <laughs> Listen, my next one that I share is going to be more of like a downer, but I just wanted to show you how you can take one of these things that is problematic for you or is making you upset and you can flip it around and make it something that you're excited about. Okay, I'm coming down from my excitement. It's okay because my next one is going to be kind of a downer. Bridget, can you go ahead and jump into your next one? I am absolutely going to be a downer. (laughs) I am really going to be a downer. All right. So my next struggle that I've really, really had, and I mentioned this in my last, in our last episode that we recorded, um, is that I am constantly getting emails. Emails has been like the evil of all evil. It is absolutely horrible. And I have hated, I hate my email. Like my, like Trent knows I will like go ahead and and get all my um, tabs open in the morning. It's one of my routines. It's what I do to kind of get myself ready for the day. So I have all my tabs. One of my tabs is our outlook. So it allows me to get into my, my, um, my school email because I have this year was the year that I officially took email off of all of my personal devices because I could not do it anymore. So I have uh, my my school emails one and then I have like Schoology, my drive, all of those tabs are all open. Well, as the day goes on, you hear it. You hear it go ding, ding, ding every time I get an email. And I swear the lack of information that I am given in emails absolutely drives me crazy. Like it's just like, okay, I need to know all the bits of information in order for me to help you. And my, my I have a few, I have a lot of really, really good kiddos, but I have a couple of kiddos that I'm like, okay, noted next year, I'm going to teach you how to send proper emails in case this is ever to happen again. Like we're going to go through of how to respond and send emails. Like I might even make that into my reading responses, like build that in because I can't handle this anymore. So like I'm getting the, I need help with my assignment. I'm like, okay, boo, but I don't know what assignment you're working on. So you need to give me a little bit more detail. And they're like, I'm on number 25. And I'm like, honey, that still doesn't tell me what assignment you're on. You need to kind of tell me a little bit more. Like, it's just conversations that are, it's like they're texting me through an email. (laughs) And I'm like, this is not a text message. It's crazy. But I love that you said that you can work that into next year, like knowing what you have to teach your kids. And this is that real life application of like the skills they actually need to know how to do. Yeah. And it's not just like the kids sending me emails, but it's also me having to send out emails. Like it's the, your child's not doing their work. And you know, you kind of have that protocol that your school really kind of designs in order to to document whether or not kids are engaging and like, how do you go about contacting them? So I have like specific people that I've been having to contact because work hasn't been completed. So I'm sending out emails. Parents are responding to me saying, well, what does this mean? Here's what they're supposed to be doing. Like it's just constant communication through emails. And I have to be really, really honest with y'all. I hated emails in the beginning and now I really hate emails. Like I just <laughs> loathe them. Yeah, I can totally understand that. I, I have similar feelings with emails because mine also dings throughout the day. And it's like every time it dings, do you get that feeling in your stomach where it's just like a feeling of dread? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Guys, please let us know. You are getting that feeling, right? <laughs> your your gut clenches up. You're like, oh. But again, I think this is something that everyone is struggling with. And what stinks is there's not a whole lot we can do to work around it, right? I mean, we have to answer our emails because like you said, right now, between that and the phone, it's our only way to be able to communicate with our students and their families. Right. It definitely makes you appreciate person-to-person contact way more, way more. And more than anything, I think these struggles are helping us become more appreciative of our normalcy that was our lives in the classroom. And there are so many things that we used to complain about. And now we're like, heck no, I would take that back in a hot second. Yeah, no, absolutely. So Michelle, now is your time to be Miss Debbie Downer. Go. Okay. So my other struggle has been collaboration with my teammates. So I'm going to start by calling myself out on something. I am very good at collaborating with people who think similarly to me. For example, Bridget. I can collaborate very well with Bridget because Bridget and I are on the same page about things. We think the same way and it works out really, really well. However, I will fully admit I struggle to collaborate with people who are not always on the same page as me and think differently and have a different way of doing things. I am very controlling. I am very um, just, yeah, I'm controlling. That's the best way to put it. But you know what? I feel like a lot of people will connect with that piece. You know what I mean? Because I'm the same way. Like I like to collaborate with people who are like minded with me. And I think that that's how you kind of become friends in the first place. But I I think a lot of people will connect with it. So don't feel bad about that part. Yeah. And I think that is the reality. But I also realize at the same time, especially as team lead, it's something I need to work on because I am not always going to be able to collaborate just with people who think the same as me, right? Like I'm going to have to collaborate with people who think differently and have different ideas. So On that note, typically when my team would meet for collaborative planning in the classroom, you know, we would discuss things and we would decide things, but ultimately we're each going back to our own classrooms. And I feel like it's very easy to just close your door and ultimately do what you feel is best, even if it's not what everyone else agrees on. Not that I do that often, but there are times, okay, that's just the reality. I ultimately always do what I think is best for my students. And the thing is, our students are all different. So when I'm collaborating with my teammates, their students are different than my students. And so I have to do what's best for my students. But the problem is now that we have moved on to distance teaching, the collaboration piece, at least for my team, has become much bigger of a deal because we decided when all of this started happening that we were going to collaborate in terms of scheduling lessons. So we are using Google Classroom and we each added all of the other teammates as a teacher on our Google Classroom. So I can see all of my teammates' Google Classrooms and they can all see mine. And we did this because we decided instead of having our block classes, so instead of me having three different Google Classrooms, we would each just use our homeroom Google Classroom because that's going to be easier for our students. Our students don't need to navigate between three different ones. So we decided our students would just go to one Google Classroom and they would access all of their lessons on there. Well, as a result, students who I teach for math that one of my team teachers teaches for reading, I have to be able to see their Google Classroom to get their grades on the math assignments because my grade book still has my math students in it instead of my homeroom. 
So we decided to help alleviate some of the workload that we would divvy up the assignments. So basically there's five days in a week and there's five of us. So we each have a day where we are responsible for scheduling the assignments on that day. And what we do is we go ahead and create the post in our Google Classroom and then we go on to our teammates' Google Classrooms and we use the reuse post option to use that same post that we already made and we just reschedule it on all of our teammates. So basically, there's only one day a week where I'm really preparing lessons and getting them scheduled because my teammates are doing all of the other days. But this has been very problematic for me because I am so used to doing things my way. It's been difficult to get used to how other people go about things. For example, timing. I like to have things done very much in advance. So a week ahead of time, I would already have my lesson scheduled for the next week. Meanwhile, my team teachers, some of them wait until like the night before to get it scheduled. And that was very stressful for me because I'm like, but wait, I need to check it and I need to make sure that everything's done right. And I realized I had to let go of a lot of that control and I couldn't always have it the way that I wanted it. And that's okay. I had to just accept that that's the way that it is. Also, some of the like wording when we would put like the title and the description, um, sometimes it just wasn't the exact way that I was doing it. And I'll be honest, there were times where I went in after they scheduled it and I changed the wording to fit what I wanted. And that's just me being picky. Like, don't judge me. Okay. I feel like some of you are judging me right now, but no judgment at all. (laughs) I needed that to make me happy because when I look at my Google Classroom and I see all of the assignments and they all look the same way, meaning they have like the day of the week followed by the actual date, followed by the subject, like that just makes me feel together. So I realized some of it, I had to just let it go. Some of it, I personally took control and did what I needed to do. And you know what? At the end of the day, it's fine. My students are getting what they need and that's all that really matters. Yeah, no, I think collaborations have never been easy. Let's just be honest. I mean, collaborations, we all know we go to those meetings and there we're, we're like butting head with a couple of people in our building and that's okay. You know, it's always important to kind of hear each other's perspectives and to hear kind of what they think. But at the end of the day, you know, you're going to end up making those better choices for your own kids. But I feel like it's just this whole, now that we are virtual, it just adds another element to it. And so it just makes it 10 times harder and you're more frustrated because of, you know, A, B, and C, different things that are end up happening. So I get it. I totally do. So now we're going to kind of switch it. And even though Michelle tried to be like happy in this little section a little bit, we're (laughs) now like going to go full blown happy. And let's talk about some of our victories. Because we really did not want this to just be a reflection of our our distance learning experience and all the bad things, right? We did not, we do not like to dwell on the bad things. We like to let it out in the universe, but then we're going to move our perspective and we're going to think positive and we're going to move forward. So that's what we're going to do right now. Let's think positive. Let's move forward because <laughs> you get what you get and you don't put your fit type situation. So one of the first things for me is the ability to spend more time with my family um, and do more house projects. I have to be honest, guys, in the past, is it been about like a year, Michelle? I feel like it's been maybe the last year, maybe year and a half. I'm going to say yes, but I don't know what you're talking about yet because you haven't uh, I said didn't, it. I didn't finish an- asking my question. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's been maybe about like, no, it's all right. I feel like I was thinking and then I had like an awkward pause. But I think it's been the last year or the year and a half where... 
I've really been struggling that I've been doing too much work and I haven't been spending a lot of time with my family. Is that right? Yeah, I would say that's right. And honestly, I think that's something both of us have felt. And that's part of the reason we started this podcast is because we wanted to be able to share with people how to be able to be more productive, be more organized, better manage your time so that you have time to spend with your family and doing things that you love. Yeah. So I... I kind of went on this whole like journey of how can I be better, a better mom, because I felt like I was really disconnected with my kids and I didn't really know what was going on with them. And again, I had a lot of things kind of happening in my personal life. Um, But one of the things that I think this has really given me is like a been a huge blessing of just being able to be spend more time with my kids. Like the time that I'm getting with Blaine while he's still young has been very exciting. Connecting with Ian as he's kind of transitioning and becoming an icky, stinky teenager. It's really, really important for me right now because they do have so many struggles at this age and they are kind of faced with a lot of different challenges. And I want to make sure that I'm there to really support him and have him know, listen, I love you, but here's kind of why I'm doing what I'm doing so that you can become a better human, basically. So that has been really important to me. And then I've also had the opportunity to do a lot of house projects. Like I felt like we kind of hit like a a dead end for a little while there when it came to the house. And things weren't changing, like things needed to get organized because it was just getting messy. And, you know, I really wanted certain little projects like we started ripping up the carpet upstairs, which has been really, really fun. We started painting other walls and we're doing new stuff to our kitchen. It's little projects like that that brings me so much joy and it really removes me from being in work mode all the time. And so I kind of start to get into that groove of, oh man, I'm doing a house project and I feel relaxed and now I'm ready to go back and do some more work. And I have been living vicariously through Bridget and her house projects (laughs) because (laughs) Billy and I rent our townhouse. We don't own it, which means we're very limited with what we can do. Like we can't even put nails into the wall. We have to use command strips for everything. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So we can't do those house projects, but I feel like it's giving me a lot of inspiration because Billy and I are hoping to buy a house about in a year from now. And so we're really trying to hone in on what is it that we really want. And when we look at houses, it's like, oh, but we could do this with it and we could do that. And that's all coming from Bridget. I feel like she is my personal HGTV. (laughs) Oh, thank you, girl. I would come and help you with your house anytime. I love it. It is so much fun. Please do. You're welcome anytime. All right, Michelle. So give us, give me something good. Tell me something good. Ah, Okay. So besides Willy Wonka, my other real (laughs) victory from this time is finishing grad school. I'm, I'm sitting here as I'm saying it. I think there was that part of me that thought I was never going to get to say it because it felt like it was going on forever. But here's basically what happened. Going into when schools first closed, I had four classes left. Two of them were short classes. Basically, it was one assignment and that was it, like a 10-page paper and that was it. And then I had two other classes that were kind of bigger. One was my action research class and then my capstone was the final one. Each of those had like four to five assignments that I had to do. So they were bigger classes. So when we initially closed for two weeks, I went, all right, Michelle, like 
you're not going to get this opportunity again. Like this is a very unique situation. You need to maximize it and use it to your full potential. And during those two weeks when we initially closed, we were not doing lessons to our kids. In fact, we were told literally like, go home. If you want to do PD or get caught up on grading, great. But if you don't have anything to do, don't do anything. So I said, all right, I'm going to work on grad school. So I remember the first week I got the two shorter classes done. Then the second week I spent all week working through that action research class, which was my like slightly bigger class. So then once the next week started, which was when we started transitioning into actual online teaching, it was kind of literally a transition week. We were told just, you know, try things out, get connected with your students, make sure they're on Google Classroom, but we weren't actually administering lessons. And so I said, okay, like, again, this is not going to get any easier because starting the week after, I'm going to actually have to be posting lessons. And I knew things were going to get very hectic. So I said, all right, I'm going to really put my nose to the grindstone and I'm going to get this final capstone done. And I did it. And honestly, it was such a good feeling. I finished right toward the beginning of April. And my initial goal was to finish by the end of the school year. So I was able to finish ahead of my schedule, which felt so good. And then going into online teaching, I felt like it just lifted this whole weight off of my shoulders because I had felt so much pressure when I was teaching and doing grad school and doing YouTube and doing the podcast and doing wedding planning. Like it was too much. And I felt like this lifted so much off of my shoulders. So that was a huge victory for me during this time. Yeah. And I am so very proud of you. I knew you were going to do it. And oh, thank it's you. just a really great accomplishment to say that you are a master of education. I am. A true master. I'm a master of it's education. Fantastic. I've made Billy now call me that. He now has to call me master. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Actually, he did do it once, it. but it was just like a joke because he's also working on his master's. So I've joked with him. I'm like, yeah, I'm a master and you're not yet, but it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Oh my God, guys. And just so you know, they're both very competitive people with one another. Like they just go at it all day long. So I can totally see them doing this. Oh yes. Which actually we will come to that with my next victory. I'll talk a little bit more about our competitive nature, but first Bridget, can you give us another victory you have had? Yeah. Uh, I think this is one of the things that I was probably the most excited about when we first uh, found out that we were going to be kind of out, but we really didn't know for how long. We kind of just assumed that would be like a two week period. And I have to be honest, like I was really excited to be able to spend more time to invest in my other passions. So guys, I mean, you know, you see us on Instagram, you know that we have multiple things that we have going on. You might not see everything kind of on the back end, but you know that we have businesses outside of just being teachers. And one of the really big things that I really wanted to focus on not only grad school like Michelle, which I have not finished. Um, I'm still going to be a few more months out, but that's coming eventually, <laughs> someday maybe. But it's my bridging literacy. It's a huge passion of mine to, for literacy instruction and providing authentic literacy inst- instruction. And I really wanted to invest a lot of time spending into completing my um, my cheat sheet. They're my units that you can get for free. And this unit was something that I was kind of I was pouring my heart and soul into it for every single day and coming back to it and back to it. And it felt like I was never going to get it done. And I think it was within that first week that I was actually able to get it 
finished and posted. And I was so unbelievably excited. But having that little bit of time to be able to invest more time into my passions, into some of the things that I really love, just kind of brought back the the happiness and the joy in me that I felt like, you know, sometimes the end of the school year can suck out of you. <laughs> and I love when you can tell someone is passionate about something, hearing them talk about it and seeing them like working on it just brings you happiness. Do you know what I'm talking about? Hopefully you do. Mm-hmm. And hopefully you all feel that way with our podcast. Like when you hear us talk about productivity and organization and time management, it makes you feel happy because you can tell how passionate we are. And I can tell you all reading and reading instruction is not my favorite thing at all. I wish I loved it more than I do, but I love teaching math. That is my jam. Teaching reading is not. However, when I hear Bridget talk about her bridging literacy, I just, I feel happy because I can tell how passionate about it she is. And like, that's a really good feeling. Oh, thanks friend. (laughs) You're welcome. Yeah, it's been, it has been really, (laughs) it has been really nice to just spend this time to kind of reconnect to some of the passions and to finally get certain things done that I felt like I was never going to get done. So while distance learning has taken up a lot of the time, it has also given me back a lot of time. And I don't know if that really makes sense because it's like a contradiction, but it really has given me back so much more time where I feel as though maybe it's just the transitionings and I don't really know, but it's like, I don't have time, but I do have time at the same time. (laughs) Yeah, no. It's very, very odd. (laughs) I totally know what you mean. I think a big portion of it is, for example, commute. Like in the morning when I get up, I go right downstairs. So I'm not getting up quite as early. I don't have to drive to school. And then after school, I don't have to drive home. And I think those little pockets of time we have been using to do these other things that bring us joy. And that makes a huge difference in how we feel. Yeah. So, and speaking of how you're feeling, let's move on to Michelle's final victory. (laughs) All right. So my final victory has been with health and fitness. Now, let me be transparent. If you had asked me this two months ago, like when this first thing started happening, like the whole stay at home quarantine stuff shutting down, I would have never said it because I was so upset when the gym closed. Literally, it was the day after school, like, closed for us. And that morning, our governor had came on and said, yeah, we're going to mandatory stay-at-home orders. Um, And I was like, oh, oh, the gym. And so I immediately went to the gym because it wasn't happening until later that day. And when I got there, they had already closed down. Bridget, I was like sitting in my car just like, I don't know what to do. Like, I was so uncomfortable because I've never been in that position before. And I am a gym rat, meaning I go to the gym to do my workouts. I've been doing that for several years now. It's what I'm comfortable doing. I don't like working out at home. Okay. I hate it. I hate doing workout videos. I love to go to the gym and lift weights. So when this whole thing started, I literally, I don't know how I... I want to say almost like a mini depression in terms of my health and fitness because I was like, great, I'm going to lose all of my progress. I'm losing all of my strength. I can't go to the gym. I'm going to become so unhealthy. And I was so upset about it. And I gave myself a little pity party for a couple of weeks. I'm going to be honest. I ate all the food I wanted. I was like, well, you know what? If I can't go work out, then none of this matters. I'm just going to eat what I want which was totally not the right thing to do. (laughs) And after a couple of weeks, I said, you know what? This is not what my body deserves. This is not what I should be doing. So I made a change and 
personally, I think if you have a partner of some kind that's with you, it makes things easier. So I went to Billy and we decided let's do this health challenge together. And the reason we're saying health challenge is because it's not just about, sorry, I got a hiccup. Sorry, I got a second one. (laughs) Fun fact, (laughs) whenever I get hiccups, I always get two. I don't know why it's always two. It's the weirdest thing. And they are random. They they are so so random. random. (laughs) But anyway, it's not about losing weight. It's just about making healthier choices and doing what is best for my body in order for my body to perform well and in order for my brain to perform well and all of that. But Billy and I are very competitive, as Bridget already mentioned. So we needed something to help motivate us with this challenge and using weight loss or in this case, percentage of weight loss, since we weigh different amounts, that was something that we could use as a competition. So basically, we decided on eight weeks. Every week, we would measure our percentage of weight loss throughout the week, and whoever had a higher percentage of weight loss would win a prize. So it's little things. It's like having breakfast in bed, um, cleaning the loser's car, picking out the movie, like just little prizes like that between us. I love that you just called it the loser's car. Yes, I said what I said. (laughs) So we started this, and it was something we could do together. And like I said, it's not just about weight loss. It's more so about just making our bodies feel better. And this has only been going on for a week at this point. Okay, so this is still new, but I had to add it on here as a victory because I already feel so good about it. So a couple of changes that I've made. First of all, I'm drinking way more water, which I can do because I'm at home and I can go to the bathroom whenever I want. It's a great feeling. Amen to that. (laughs) Oh, yes. I'm also getting out and getting exercise more often. So I had started doing walks when this whole quarantine thing happened, but I'll be honest, I wasn't great at sticking to them. I would some days go on one walk and some days two, but some days I was like, nah, I'm not going on any. And it just, it kind of spiraled into this bad choice in general, like of me not going on walks. So I, this past week, have done 90 minutes of walking a day. I do 30 minutes at lunch and I do an hour after school. And then once Billy would get home from school or from work, he's not at school, <laughs> but once he would get home from well, work. Well, he is in school technically. He is online school. school yeah, but it's online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so once he would get home from work, we would go play tennis for about 45 minutes. Now, these are all things that I enjoy. I enjoy going for walks because it's relaxing. I listen to a podcast. I love going and playing tennis. We're not good at it, but it's just fun to hit the ball around and it's good exercise. (laughs) And, you know, we've been making healthier choices. I'm focusing on getting more protein in my diet. I'm making sure I get my portions under control because goodness knows they were not under control before. Oh, girl. Yeah. Portions are so hard. Holy moly. I feel like I eat for like three or four people. (laughs) Yeah. One of my problems was I would eat dinner, but I would eat quickly. So then I would still feel hungry. And I'm like, oh, well, I'm going to go have seconds and thirds. I wasn't giving the food enough time to actually like you know, hit my stomach and start feeling like I was full. So I've just made little changes like that. Now, today was actually the one week mark. So Billy and I weighed ourselves this morning. 
I was the winner this week, <laughs> which just felt really good. I mean, it's not necessarily about winning, but it more so was a way for me to go, you know what? All that hard work this week paid off. I feel better. My clothes are already fitting better. And I just feel happier. I feel more like me because when the gym closed, I stopped caring about all of that because I told myself it was out of my control. When in reality, I am still fully in control and just making those small changes made me feel so much more like me again. So guys, we really hope that you've enjoyed listening to our struggles and our victories during this really challenging time with distance learning. We would love to really hear your thoughts and your challenges and your struggles, your victories that you've had during this time. Um, You can head over to our website, teachingonthedouble.com, and you can leave us a comment right in our website. We have our postings for each of our podcast episodes with a little blurb there that you're welcome to read, and you can leave comments there on our website. Also, be sure to visit our website to check on any up-to-date information that we're going to end up posting there. And while you're there, go ahead and leave us some information on your TSH. What is your struggle right now? You have the possibility to be able to be featured on our podcast. And don't forget to leave a review on iTunes. It really does help help us to be able to get out and reach more teachers and help you guys. So until next time, be timely, stay organized, and be productive. Bye-bye. See ya.